convene to order. Okay, welcome to the Queen Anne's County Commissioner's meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, QAC-TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public meetings. In addition to our live audience this evening, we are providing remote options for citizens to watch and participate in county commissioner meetings. Citizens may watch our meeting live on our website at qac.org live or on our television channel, BreezeLine Channel 7 and High Definition Channel 507. Citizens may also participate by joining the live Zoom meeting by going to qac.org slash public comment. Citizens may also email comments to public comment at qac.org. Any comments received will be read during the present public comment period on this evening's agenda. We acknowledge your participation and by attending, you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. Press and public comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you care to speak, please sign the sheet on the information table in our lobby. Comments longer than three minutes may be submitted in writing for the commissioner's review. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Chris Corcorino. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If you could please remain standing for a moment of silence uh, for um, Jeff Strait and for the uh, Carolina Fire Department life member, Harry George, Jr. Thank you. All right, commissioners, uh, that brings us to um, our agenda for today's meeting, September 13th. So our agenda and the regular and closed session minutes from your August 23rd meeting, along with our Roads Board meeting minutes and the Sanitary Commission meeting minutes from our August 23rd, have all been circulated for review. Um, are there any additions or corrections? Yeah, motion to add one additional action item to tonight's agenda. Second. Okay, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? All right, motion okay. to approve the agenda as amended and all the minutes as submitted. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay, approved. All right, thank you, commissioners. Okay, we just held a closed session under the general provisions article, section 3305B1, to discuss boards and commissions and uh, personnel. And I do believe we um, reached consensus uh, on some appointments. So first we had the spending affordability commission. I move to reappoint Linda Kohler and Bernie Sandusky to fill the upcoming vac vacancies on the Spending Affordability Committee. These terms will expire on September 30th, 2024. Check it. All right, got a motion and a second. Any discussion on that? All those in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right, motion carries. Okay, next we had the Social Services Board appointments. I move to reappoint Pastor Mark Farnell to fill the vacancy on the Social Services Board. This term will expire on June 30th, 2025. Any discussion? All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Okay. Motion carries. Thank you, Commissioner. And lastly, we have the Council for Children and Youth. Okay. Confirmation. I move to appoint Dana Barnhart, Renee Marie Brooks, Judy Corcorino, Amanda Esner, 
Angie Price, Allison Wood, excuse me, and Allison Wood to the Council for Children and Youth. I also move to reappoint Carolyn Blades, Dawn Frazier, and Eric Johnson to the Council for Children and Youth. These terms will begin on January 1, 2022 and expire on December 31st, 2024. Second. All right, got a motion and a second. Any discussion on that? All those in favor say aye. 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 Okay. Four in favor and I will abstain since Mama is on the list. I probably shouldn't vote on that one. Otherwise I vote against and I get in trouble. <laughs> so. Brave commissioner. I'm gonna brave. tell her you did abstain. I'm gonna tell her you said no. <laughs> That'll make up until Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right, thank you, commissioners. That brings us to uh, press and public comments. Uh, thank you for taking the time to express your views to the county commissioners. Comments are limited to three minutes in length. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing. This commission respects your desire and right to convey your message freely. When you come forward, please speak at the standing microphone. State your name, address, and topic of interest. And in keeping with the dignity of our office, we ask that all views be expressed in a respectful and civil manner. All right, um, and we're gonna make sure we keep these to three minutes. Margie will be strictly enforcing this. She'll throw you out. You don't want her to do that. Uh, Joe Stevens. Thank you. I, I, will, I will stay well below the three minutes, Margie. Thank you. You're familiar with, with her capabilities. I'm familiar with it. I've, <laughs> I've, I've caught the clicker on the side of the head once or twice. Um, uh, Joe Stevens, uh, I'm an attorney in Centerville. I represent Reliable Real Estate Development Services. They've got it. The reason why I'm addressing you now is because there's really no formal process to address you when you take the matter up for sewer and water allocation in about a half hour. Um, and um, I just want to say really just two or three things briefly. One is, as we've been through the Planning Commission process to the level we're supposed to at this point, receive concept plan approval from the Planning Commission and, um, and are moving forward in a manner consistent with um, the prior approvals for this property. As you know, it was approved with a large shopping center back in 2008-2009. Uh, Bunch of conditions on that were, were agreeable and have agreed to comply with all those previous conditions. I just want to make that clear. Secondly, the component of this which is, differs from the, the, the 2008 plan is that a, a part of this is for a senior independent living facility um, and there's been some question about what that actually is um, and I have John Deegan here who's going to take th his three minutes or a little less than that hopefully and explain what that is. John is with Chesapeake Caregivers, he's the owner of it uh, um, and they're going to be running the independent living facility on Kent Island and he's going to have an ownership interest in the independent living facility on Kent Island. So he's the best person to kind of explain what the distinction is, how this is something that's akin to one step uh, before assisted living and the services that are provided with that. And then um, if you have questions, you can ask them now or later on when the matter comes up. Thank you. Okay, thank you. John Deegan. Yes. Um, I want to thank you all for allowing me to speak. Just state your name where you live. Please. Yep, John Deegan. Uh, I live in Edgewater, Maryland. Thank you all for allowing me to speak today. Uh, I am the owner, uh, president of Chesapeake Caregivers. Uh, been in business since 1997. Uh, I own an assisted living in Annapolis, uh, Bay Village Assisted Living. I've been in healthcare now 21 years. Um, so the independent living uh, community that we have on the docket is, is gonna provide a medical service. Uh, our company will actually have an office in the community where we will be providing uh, occupational therapists, uh, physical therapy, uh, also a medical director, a registered nurse will be on site um, for any type of assistment, assistance and assessments. 
uh, and it's 24-hour care. Uh, those services for independent living are a la carte, so it's sort of like an a la carte menu, those that are not quite ready for assisted living. So it's sort of that gray area. It's a, it's a trend in the industry right now with the baby boomer generation about to, to come about here in 2027, and we're, and we're filling a really a much needed void as a company. Um, th this community will comprise uh, dining, uh, a gym with physical therapy, like I stated, uh, uh, bus transportation to cut down on traffic, uh, and, and it's located right next door to Anne Arundel Medical Center. I mean, how convenient is that, right? So uh, th it's 88 units. Um, it's going to be a, a wonderful community, and for those to age in place and stay on the island and not have to look for services elsewhere. And so we're very proud uh, of, of this opportunity and hope you will consider. Any questions? Thank you. I do Thank have you. a question. Yes, sir. Do is question. this the appropriate time to ask the question? Or discussion. We'll, we'll do that during the discussion. We can do it during the discussion. Yeah. On the other yeah. yeah. Later. Okay. Thank you. That was his polite way to say, don't go anywhere. There's <laughs> <laughs> some people online. Uh, this was an email sent in uh, by Dylan Cannon. It says, hello, county commissioners. I wanted to attend this meeting in person, but I play for the Ken Island High School Bucks, and I have football practices right after school. Uh, if you know the coaches, there is no missing practices. Uh, I spoke at the Parks and Rec meeting that Commissioner Moran attended. I have reached out to Commissioner Duminal and dropped off letters to all the county commissioners in person to the offices in Centerville, so I won't repeat everything that I shared previously. Uh, it is clear that from the turnout of the Parks and Rec meeting that there is a huge movement in support to push for a skate park in Queen Anne's County, including petitions. Uh, skateboarding is now an Olympic sport and is gaining popularity among kids and adults. I play organized sports, but also value skateboarding as one of my individual sports since you can skate year-round at any time of the day. I appreciate everyone's efforts and consideration for the skate park, providing youth in our in our county, another healthy and outdoor recreation opportunity will be appreciated by parents and kids. Thank you again for your support, Dylan Cannon. What was the young man's name? Dylan Cannon. Dylan Cannon. Dylan. All right. Is anybody online to? Great uh, All right. We'll close the press for comments. All right, commissioners. Um, we are right on time uh, for our. Public hearing on County Ordinance 22-10, uh, a bill entitled An Act Concerning Revisions to the Queen Anne's County Ethics Ordinance. And uh, County Attorney Patrick Thompson is here to run the hearing. We, we also have uh, our ethics attorney, Ms. Crystal Richards, with uh, Thompson and Richards as well here for any questions. Ready? Patrick. This is a public hearing being held September 13, 2022 at 5.50 p.m. at the County Commissioner's Meeting Room, Liberty Building, 107 North Liberty Street, Centerville, Maryland, to receive public comments regarding the proposed county ordinance number 2210, a bill entitled An Act Concerning Revisions to the Queen Anne's County Ethics Ordinance, Chapter 8 of the Code of Public Local Laws of Queen Anne's County. For the purpose of revising Chapter 8 of the Code of Public Local Laws of Queen Anne's County to, to comply with the requirements of House Bill 363 
and House Bill 1058, revising the requirements regarding conflicts of interest, gifts and finance disclosure, defining quasi-governmental entity, and generally revising and update the Queen Anne's County Ethics Ordinance to comply with the requirements of state law by amending and adding to Section 86, 811, 812, and 813 of the Code of Public Local Laws. Persons who wish to comment on the proposed ordinance may do so at this hearing. Speakers will be limited to three minutes each. Written testimony of any length can be submitted on before the hearing date to the County Commissioners. 107 North Liberty Street, Centerville. Copies of the proposed ordinance have been available at the County Commissioner's Office during normal business hours. All hearing sites are accessible to individuals with disabilities. Sound language interpreters and system listening systems are available. For the record of this proceeding will be a certificate of publication indicating that notice of tonight's hearing was published uh, for three successive weeks prior to tonight. And, uh, yes. so is there any public comment with, with request to County Ordinance 2210? Crystal? for the Ethics Commission. The commission met um, and discussed the legislation that was passed, looked at the bill, uh, I'm sorry, looked at the code as modified and provided um, for you all to look at. It's clearly redlined where the changes are. The only additional change that the Ethics Commission made outside of the state legisla uh, legislation that was passed was to uh, strike the provision relative to keeping out identification of a residence and one acre. For some reason, there was a lot of discussion in the commission where that even came from and nobody could really identify where the one acre requirement kind of got put in there, so they, they struck it. So now the difference is there's nobody exempt from uh, identifying their residence property. It was if you had your residence was an acre or less, you didn't have to, but those on more did. So this just made everybody the same. There's, and I can't explain to, to the room as Did to you why guys it was speculate there. when you discussed it? or No, no, <laughs> stayed away from the why's in the house. Can you use it in a sentence? Can you make <laughs> no. an example? No, no. okay. No. Okay, thank so, you for that clarification. No problem. Yeah, the mud, <laughs> clear as mud. <laughs> All right, any other public comment? Close public comment. Close the hearing? Yep, close the hearing. That open for two weeks next meeting, right? Mm -hmm. Record open for two, yeah, two weeks. weeks. Two weeks. Okay. All right. We also have uh, County Ordinance Number 22-11, and that is um, a bill for introduction. Um, this is uh, an act concerning treatment charges for uh, septage disposal. I'll introduce it. <laughs> and we'll make no, no comments. <laughs> hey, Commissioner Dumino, it's largely a housekeeping item just to right. clarify the rate right. schedule versus. And I what believe the I'm the only one that's actually on county sewer and water anyway, right? No, this is for dumping. I, I understand that. Yeah. I just think the irony there is. All right. Um, it's tipping fees, right? 
right. that concludes all of our legislative items for this evening we can move into new business uh, first we have uh, the department of public works so if you want to turn to tab number two they have several items uh, first two items are for the uh, roads board so if you want to convene motion as to roads board convene as roads second all favor all right, all right. Okay, so uh, tab two, item one, page one, is uh, a systematic replacement of uh, fleet equipment, uh, one tractor mower. So could I get a motion? On that? I move to purchase one John Deere 5105M utility tractor with Almo mowers from Atlantic Tractor of Queen Anne, Maryland, in the amount of $129,483.99 via Sourcewell contract number 110719-JDC, Parentheses PG one P C G seventy. Parentheses. <laughs> Yikes. Second. <laughs> All right. We got a motion second. Any discussion on that one? I have a question, and it, okay. it's going to relate to the next issue re regarding that as well. But I, I'll I'll put it out there. Um, uh, but I'm actually what I'll do is I'll wait till we do the next piece of equipment. Okay. <clears throat> All right. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. How long before you going to get it? No. We don't know. We don't know for sure. No. We'll know once the order's placed, we'll have a better idea. I would say at least six months. Six is it? Six months? At least. I would say at least six, six months. months. All, right. All right, Commissioners. Item number two on page 12 is uh, the systematic replacement of plea equipment. This is for a hydroceder. I move to purchase one hydroceder from Turf Equipment and Supply Company, Jessup, Maryland in the amount of $52,542.30 via the source well contract number 052417-FNN. All right, motion and a second question. So my question was, um, and it's, it's more curiosity than anything, what does the roads need a hydroceder and a lawnmower for? The first item, the mower, is a tractor mower. That's for roadside milling. That's a very large utility tractor. For milling, roadside mowing, mowing. mowing. Okay, mowing. so so you guys have to cut the grass along the. We have to cut the grass. Yes. Okay, and that actually has two mowers on it. It has a back mower and has a has a side mower to go across the. For the slopes. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Hydroceder is used for construction projects or any road construction that we do for uh, ditches, uh, shoulders. We can go back and hydroseed and uh, cover that up. Okay. So. Good. So a hundred and a quarter buys you a pretty hefty mower. Is that is this a boom mower? What 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 are we dealing with here? It's 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 a it's just a normal mower for us, not a boom tractor, but it's two mowers. It's a back mower and a side mower, so we can cut the shoulder and the roadside ditch on the other side at the same time. But the tractor is actually sixty-five thousand. The mowers are sixty-four thousand, so they're very expensive mowers. Right. Yes, and they're the 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 price increase from last year is almost all mowers. So the, actually, the mower we used to use, which was a Tiger mower, back in the day, we actually had Alamo mowers, which is what we're asking for again. Staff came forward and asked to, to upgrade because they didn't last very long. The quality wasn't very, very good. We did upgrade. Now we've kind of gone back because Al uh, Tiger's gotten worse and Alamo's gotten better. It's kind of a Ford Mercury thing. Now they're actually owned all by the same company. And Alamo actually doesn't support their mowers in this area anymore. So we can't even get them. So we're going to move. I'm sorry, Tiger's no longer supported. So we're going back to Alamo. Alamo. And price has just gone up quite a bit since last year. So are these big four-wheel drive, 100 horsepower things, or what are they? I believe the tractor mowers are around 80 horsepower. Right, yeah. yeah. 
They're good-sized tractors. Yeah, yes. no, I understand. For future uh, requests, and I, I think it would be a good idea, just what Steve's saying is to put a picture of what the piece of equipment looks like. Yeah. Sure. Gives us a better idea of what, you know, because we yeah. see them. Sure. I see them cutting Banner Point Road all the time. I, I know what you're talking about, but it would be nice to have it, just have a reference. Can do. Yep. Yes. Any other questions? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. Five zero. Motion to uh, convene as a sanitary commission. Second. Sanitary. All in favor? Aye. 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 Sorry. All right, commissioners. Uh, as the sanitary commission, you have two items as well. Uh, item three on page 15 is fleet equipment replacement for 40-yard um, containers. This is our normal. Just this is open to I moved to purchase four. Yeah. Four. 40-yard containers from Mid-Atlantic Waste, Eastern Maryland, in the amount of $45,202.32 via the VSA Virginia Sheriff's Contract Number 22-03-0721. Second. We go through a lot of these, don't we? We usually buy four every year. Really? Last year was the first year we didn't buy any. We actually ran out of money. So if we buy four every year, how many do we have in use? Uh, we have day? over 70. They're, so they're at the transfer stations, but they're constantly moved back and forth. Right. And they get into a state of disrepair. And, 70. Yeah, it's quite a, wow. quite a bit of moving around that goes on. Wow. It's a lot of transfer stations. How many roll-offs do we have? I mean... The, the we have... <laughs> we usually have three running with the spare. Wow. Oh, roll-off trucks. Yeah. yeah. Roll-off trucks. Yeah. Sure. And they operate all day. Mm. And after 20 years, these things get so beat up, out they go? They wear out and get... We, have, we can go through and clean them up and, and weld them back in place, that kind of stuff. But eventually, they just have to be discarded. I just sold for scrap. Yeah. So. Mm. Good. Wish we got $11,000 for scrap. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions? All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Five zero. motion carries. All right, thank you, commissioners. Item number four on page, uh, beginning on page 21 is the um, Ken Island Crossing Shopping Center and Independent Living Project Facility request for sewer and water allocation. Now, we can, we can make the motion, but I think that might confuse some people. So, I, well, I'm going to make the motion anyways, and then we can explain this. Okay. Okay. I move to grant 17,483 gallons per day of water and sewer allocation to Reliable Real Estate Services, LLC, for their proposed shopping center and assisted living facility at the cost of $1,025,057, for which a 10% non-refundable deposit will be required within 30 calendar days, and with the condition that the public works agreement between the county and the developer shall contain a provision stating that the senior independent living facility shall remain in institutional residential use as defined by the county code and described in detail in the Department of Planning and Zoning Site Plan File SP number 20-10-0065, which includes, but not limited to, independent dining, common area dining with meal preparation via a commercial kitchen, on-site health care provider, 24-hour on-call services to assist residents with their daily living activities, on-site medical exam rooms, excuse me, medical exam rooms for visiting doctors and nurses, and on-site fitness and physical therapy. Second. 
All right, got a motion and a second. Discussion. Stevie, I know you had a question from Mr. Deegan, I think. Did you? Yeah, I'm very ignorant about how do we cope with this. Good. I have no knowledge whatsoever about what constitutes the sort of day-to-day -day of independent living. In, in the facilities, these, when you say these services are available, are they, does that come with the package that you, when you buy in and, or do you pay for every service? How, how, does, how does it functionally work? So Mr. Wilson, that's a great question. So all the dining, transportation, maintenance, all of that is inclusive of their monthly rents. So we're there as a, as a home care agency to provide them services for any additional care that they need. Like I stated in my pre-opening statements, it's sort of a, it, it's a gray area for those folks that may have a knee replacement, hip replacement, not quite ready for assisted living, right? But want the socialization of an independent community, all the activities, uh, transportation, all those things, and to, to remain on the island. And so those services, and I, I have some literature here for you, sir, if you'd like to take a look at it, um, that basically those are, those are billed on, a, on an as-needed basis independently. And so what that, what, what that cost structure looks like, it's about 30 to 40% less than someone entering an assisted living community. Right. So as far as need, you mean as far as I'm need? Sorry. As far as need, correct a reduction. Okay, cor cor correct. Okay, not not everyone. It, it, just so you know, I mean, assisted living it runs from anywhere from six thousand to ten thousand per month. We're going to be thirty to forty percent less than that. And those those services that we're offering, medical services, will be on an as needed basis. But we'll also be have that that physical therapy component that's covered by Medicare. That occupational therapy component is covered by Medicare. And, and if, you've, if anyone's paid attention to anything that's been going on in, in the U.S. Congress right now, there's a, there's a major push for some of these services to be covered by Medicare in the future. Ah. So what's the average age? The average age is 78 to 82. So uh, of, let's say of 100 beds or 100 units, mm -hmm. how many of those typically would be in a year getting those services? Uh, Needing, needing those, or, or, and how many of them are just there and waiting? They're there, available, but right. not used. Great, great question. Again, it, it, it's the uh, most of the time. I would say, if 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 we all have loved ones, right? Seventy-eight to eighty-two. It's pretty much. I mean, I've had five knee surgeries. I'm fifty. Okay, so there's a lot of folks that are going to get to the point where they're in their 70s and 80s, where they're going to need some type of procedure and assistance so that they can remain in their apartments. Mm -hmm. That wasn't a question I asked. I asked uh, the question. I, I, I would say I would say you're you're upwards of the 75 to 80 percent range of of the people of the folks that are there. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, we all have the anomaly of the person that lives to be 100 years of age that seems to walk around and doesn't need to need much care, need much, but most of these folks, I would say 70 to 80% of these folks, they're going to use a walker, they're going to use a cane, they're going to need transportation and they're going to need some type of procedure. And and we're there to serve that need. Right. And most of that billing passes off to insurance and Medicare. Correct. Correct. All the procedures would be uh, passed off to Medicare, yes, and, and, and their supplemental insurance. And by the way, just so you guys, so everyone on the, on the board understands, I mean, I, I would say less than 10% of these folks will be driving a vehicle. End of my questions. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Wilson, for your time.
Anybody else have any other questions? <coughs> any discussion on this? I'll just add it on. We've, I know Jim has had some conversations with other citizens I have as well about people who are looking for places yeah. for you know their mothers and their fathers. A lot of times it's the mothers, right? They're widows and they can't they can't live on their own in their home. Um, we don't have a lot of this Correct. in the county. Oh, it's is, definitely an underserved it, need. It's underserved, and as the population uh, ages, um, especially for the baby boomer population, this is something that we currently cannot service enough in the county. And it, my grandfather passed away '96 last year, and he was up in New Hampshire. My other uncle was fortunate to be there, and he was in a facility like this, independent living. He refused to go to assisted living, but he wanted a place where he had his own apartment. But then the meals were made for him, and it's a way for them to keep their dignity as they do that in age. So um, I've had personal experience with something like this and I, I understand. Yeah. And I have as well, my dad's yeah. right now in the system going through, he's been transferred to three different places. Beds are very hard to find, none over here. I mean, there's, there's nothing the closest over here would be Salisbury um, in terms of having a bed uh, available. So the need is here. And I think the trend is gonna be more of these type of places are going to pop up. They're gonna be smaller, more regionalized um, to serve more local communities. I mean, because you're talking 88 beds, that's not even 0.001% right. of the population on, on Kent Island. So um, it's gonna fill up quick and it'll stay full. I'm, I'm sure of it based on what I've been experiencing over the last six months, so. Well, like I said, my, my mother's 91, she's watching, mom. You know, so, you know, there will come a time and, and she, she understands that well. And I live on Bennett Point Road and every day I pass the facility, your competitors uh, right there at uh, Nesbitt and a brand new building, two years old, three years old maybe. And they just have tore the whole back of it off and they're adding an addition on a brand new building. And that just speaks volumes for, for the need because there's a wait list there also. So, you know, I, I, I agree. I think this is a, a needed source for the for the county and and I don't think they'll have a problem with getting it filled so so mrs. Moran I offered to take you in <laughs> I just know she's gonna she's yell at him because he's, he's, so he's, he's the only one not wearing a tie so he'll catch hell for that one <laughs> plus I think one of the things that people look at is, is is the expenses how expensive is it really but I think it's like from what mr. Deegan's saying is that the, the push at the federal level now is to start to expand what is covered in terms of even probably to some extent the monthly costs to stay and, and get all the uh, amenities that come with it. So I, I mean, would add got to change with the times and with the population. That I'm always mesmerized by the presentations of your esteemed attorney on. <laughs> Wait, did you say, did you, did, you said esteemed or steamed? <laughs> choice. It's magical. Um, but this does, does uh, come with a, a language which both you and the county agree to as to continuance and you understand what I mean. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. So real quick for Alan. Um, so of the 17,482, I'm assuming the majority of it is for the 88 unit. No, it's about a third actually. It's a third of it. So the uh, grocery store is a large majority of it too as well. Restaurants, fast food, they, they add up. Right. Okay. All right. So it's pretty well distributed then. Okay. Good. And there's still additional process that has to, this is. Oh, that's right, the traffic on, not light. Not Boca, there's the APFO traffic facilities. Uh, these and we, other and we are getting the traffic light by the firehouse, right? That's all part of the deal. Okay, that's what good. SHA said as of May. Okay. But they've all been right. known to change their mind. 
Okay. That, that, that's, a, that's a bad intersection now, and I know it's the fire department would enjoy there. it to have that ability. Yeah, right now it's just a flash. All right, nothing. any other discussion? Nothing. Yeah. On this one? All right. Um, well, before I go, one thing I do want to say, I think we, one thing we need to look at, not just this, but just senior living, even before you get to the independent living, is something also in the county that we have an issue with. And I think we got to try to push, like, Centerville and some of our, you know, Town municipalities to, yep. to try to put those in there. Those are the great locations for them to be in, you know, where they can walk around and yeah. do so. I, I think that's something we've got to make a priority in the coming years as well. Good. All right, um, <clears throat> we have a motion, and I'm not going to reread this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> as read. As read. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right, 5 0, motion carries. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, commissioners, very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, commissioners, uh, moving on to our other action items for this evening. Uh, if you want to turn to tab number three, we have. Uh, we have four items plus one desk item. First, uh, we have our proclamation 22-46. So this is for uh, character counts, pillar of the month, responsibility. Uh, proclamation 22-46, whereas Queen Anne's County was declared a character's counts community, and whereas all citizens have been called upon to embrace the six pillars of character and incorporate them into their daily activities and to model these traits of good character. And to whereas the character counts pillar of the month for September is responsibility. And whereas all citizens will incorporate responsibility in their daily lives by being in charge of their choices and consider the likely consequences of their behavior. And whereas all citizens shall strive to pursue excellence, win the day, by doing one's best to be motivated, caring, supportive, and mentally strong advocates who exemplify leadership in the community and whereas every day is an opportunity to become a role model to others by being responsible for our attitude, our health, and our character, and whereas taking responsibility for our actions helps us strengthen our individual character and community as a whole, whereas by accepting responsibility we become more oriented and gain confidence, and whereas the Giving the Edge Foundation is dedicated to implementing the six pillars of character into their everyday program, and is here to encourage the community to take responsibility and to persevere through any obstacle they faced. And with that, now for the Queen Anne's County Commissioners to hereby designate the Character Counts Pillar of the Month for September to be responsibility. Very well. All right. All right. Thank you, Commissioner Dimino. Our next item is uh, Proclamation 2243, September National Senior Center Month. What? You? All righty then. Proclamation 22-43. Whereas the Queen Anne's County Area Agency on Aging celebrates National Senior Center Month in September 2022 with the theme Strengthening Community Connections. And whereas older Americans are significant members of our society, investing their wisdom and experience to help enrich and strengthen our community. And whereas the Graysonville, Kent Island, and Southersville Senior Centers have acted as a catalyst for mobilizing the creativity, energy, vitality, and commitment of the older residents of Queen Anne's County. And whereas through the wide array of services, programs, and activities, senior centers empower old citizens of Queen Anne's County, older citizens, excuse me, older citizens of Queen Anne's County 
to contribute to their own health and well-being and the health and well-being of their fellow citizens of all ages. And whereas the Area Agency on Aging celebrates Senior Center Month with Beach Blanket Bingo for Senior Center members at Conquest Beach in partnership with Queen Anne's County Parks and Res Recreation. Now, therefore, we, the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County, do hereby recognize September 2022 as National Senior Center Month. We call upon all citizens to recognize the special contributions of the seniors, senior center participants and the special efforts of the staff and volunteers who work every day to enhance the well-being of the older citizens of the community. Sign the County Commissioners. And since we have newly park ranger Mr. Wilson for Conquest, you can be right there with the beach park at Bingo. Sorry, Steve. Yes. Get him a yes. nice card uh, outfit to wear. That's right. That's right. All right. Thank you, Commissioner Moran, for reading that. That's brilliant. So who's going to be Annette Vonticello if you're, if you're Frankie Avalon? I have no response. <laughs> All right, Commissioner, Commissioners, moving on, uh, we have Resolution 22-12, and this is actually a nuisance violation for uh, high grass at 203 Riverside Drive in Chester, Maryland. I move that we approve the resolution to place a lien on the property located at 203 Riverside Drive, Chester, Maryland, 21619, in the amount of $260. Second. Motion second. Any discussion on that? Just getting more and more of these. Yeah, there's, um, you know... And this one, we, we have pictures of what these look like. This is, looks like a jungle. They haven't mowed it. If, if you own properties, even the ones you not you know, live in, be responsible and be respectful to your neighbors and get out there and mow it. Um, we get lots of calls, and then we have to follow up with the owners. That's, that's not a good use of the taxpayer's time for the county to have to hound someone down to mow their own lawn. They should be taking care of that. Um, if your neighbor is, you know, if they're a senior or they're injured and they're not able to, you know, maybe volunteer to go and, and mow their lawn for them. But these are things that we should be able to take care of as a community better. Um, all right, enough of my soapbox on that one. <laughs> all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right, 5-0. All right, thank you, commissioners. <clears throat> all right, now for some good news, uh, item number four on <laughs> page nine is the FY23 Local Parks and Playground Infrastructure Project Recommendations. And this is actually a $1 million grant. And we have a series of projects here that uh, Director Chanley has outlined for submission to the uh, Department of Natural Resources and Board of Public Works. So you want to outline those real quick for sure. the commissioners, please? Uh, um, our first project is to uh, renovate the courts at Round Top Park. Um, there are um, a, a dual set of basketball courts there. Um, so we're going to renovate the one side of the basketball court, back to basketball, color coat, repave, stripe, all the essential hardware. And then the other um, side of the basketball court, we're going to um, turn that over to um, two pickleball courts. Um, again, paved, color-coded, and striped. Um, there's been a need up there for a while. The folks have been very patient with us as we've been trying to, to get a project together for them. Um, and now they've, you know, they've got a nice little following up there as well. You know, not only for Queen Anne County residents, but you know, because of proximity, you know, you've got people drifting down from Kent County to utilize some of our facilities. So this will be a nice, a nice balance between North, um, North County and South County as well. And then we have uh, the pickleball courts in Graysonville. So we've got all three of the areas with something nice um, 
uh, pickleball related. So there's you know, there's, there's one equity that, across the board. One's a Ken Island that'd be that's a, a crowd there every yeah. single day. Every day. By. Every they, day. Everybody loves it. And it's night. amazing. Yeah, and it's amazing. Taking advantage of the lights as well. So it's been a probably one of the best projects we've done and really I think it has it yeah. was super super popular yeah, yeah. Um, let's see the next project uh, would be to replace the basketball courts uh, court lights at Pinckney Park um, and then we also would like to color coat those and restripe uh, those as well a couple years back I think it's been about two years ago we repaved it we didn't have enough money to do the color coding and the light so this is the final portion of that bring that completely up to up to snuff and again you know that park gets a lot of a lot of use um, again from what I understand historically that was the place to go to play basketball and again you know as lights dim and stuff like that you know it's it's harder and harder to play but now they'll have quality lights and we're hoping to, to bring back and you know keep that park going and um, you know it's a nice amenity up there as well um, I'm going to skip one. I'm, next one is uh, which would fall under athletic field work. Um, we're looking to um, provide dugouts at um, Old Love Point, Route 18, and Bats Neck Park. Um, that has been um, a theme that we've been hearing the last couple of years about getting some coverage over, um, over the dugouts at those parks. Those are our three uh, major ones, and White Marsh Park already has dugouts, so that's our, our fourth one. But, you know, again, they're the, the major ones where we have tournaments and things like that, so we're trying to upgrade that. And, you know, if there would be any um, monies left over, we would then try to look to replicate that elsewhere. Is White Marsh the example for the, how, how you, are you have a different? Um, we're something? still considering exactly what we're going to do mm -hmm. and, and how we're going to do it. Um, it's an expensive process if you get a, you know, a, a metal prefab one mm -hmm. um, that limits to what we can do. Um, we've talked about in-house, even contracting out to, to model what White Marsh looks like. If we do it that way, I think we can do, I, I know we can do a lot more that way. But again, we'd have to contract it out because my thought is our staff, they can do the work, but to do all those, um, all those dugouts, it would take a long time and uh, we don't want it to drag on. We want to get it done and say, you know, be ready for the season and, and put it out there. So the last one. Um, which goes to press and public comment. Hold on. Dylan, pay attention. Yes. <laughs> he we actually had three other emails regarding the next it's, item. It's the, okay. So it's 622. They're probably done with practice. So hopefully. He's probably logged right in, as most high school students do, to watch the commissioner meeting at this time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. They're, they they, 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 they argue with mom and dad not to do their homework so they can watch the commissioner's meeting. That's true. Understandably so. There's always a spike in viewership <laughs> right around this time. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. So, so taking, taking the lead on that. Um, as, as Dylan outlined so eloquently, you know, we did invite them to come to the PRAB meeting um, a couple months ago. Uh, we had a great turnout of, of representation from the community. We had probably about, I don't know, about 50 or 60 folks that came, gave a great presentation, and, you know, we listened to them, and, you know, we didn't make any promises because we didn't have mm -hmm. any money. We didn't, <laughs> I can't promise something I don't have. And I did tell them that, you know, I would look to, um, to see where I could get some money, knowing I had this in the back pocket, figuring out um, how much, and that was the, the key. I didn't want to throw out any dollar figures. But after um, going through this exercises and, and the um, programs that I've already outlined, um, I do have uh, a request for a skate park um, that would be 
place somewhere on Ken Island. We're still trying to tweak in the area of, of where it would be. Still need to check with planning and zoning to make sure that there's no um, um, easements that prevent us from, from doing anything on that, that property. Um, so <laughs> if, if I'm able to say, um, I'm proposing $500,000 for the skate park in addition to uh, a $100,000 request from impact fees to make it a total of 600000 And just to give you a little background of where I came up with that, that figure, it wasn't just, you know, a flat rate and throwing a couple zeros on it. I happened to um, have an email conversation with a gentleman who um, builds, designs and builds skate park, and um, they just completed one up in Aberdeen. Um, it's about 13,000 square feet, um, and their price tag was uh, approximately $600,000. So that kind of gave us a ballpark of what to work with. Um, again, that's probably, um, you know, that, that 10 to 15,000 square feet is probably the right size for the population that, that um, Queen Anne's County has. So that's where I've come up with that, that figure. Can you and, give me a one-paragraph description of what is a skate park? A skate park, a skate park. Yeah, it's just, it's just well, a it's, yeah, we're not we're not doing a, we're not doing any pools and I, I bowls, yeah, right? You know, I don't know. What well, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's start by explaining who Tony Hawk is. We'll go through the whole history of skating. Right. So, so there are a multitude of ways that you can design a skate park. Yeah. You can do it the the quick and dirty way, and just have an asphalt area and then you have boxes and rails that are surface mounted to the to the surface um, you can also have wooden structures that are built you know like uh, ramps half pipe ramps mm -hmm. and, and things like that or you can also do the concrete one <laughs> which commissioner Rand was alluding to where it, it looks like a pool because it's the same drop-in um, so you know that's a um, a task and there's steps where people jump off and there's rails and cement boxes and things like that so you know the, the sky is the limit as far as what can be done and you know your so area did he did, so did your your um, your representative uh, from Aberdeen the Aberdeen project did he show you uh, he sent you pictures of he did send of their project is it is it the bowl pool concept yep. that yes so and, and again you know if my my Bishop Duvall will be the first one. Oh to, yeah, I'm uh, gonna drop in. Drop in. <laughs> I'm gonna drop in. My my vision is, you know, again, have a I have some ideas right of I think what would be nice, but once we secure it, we get approval from you guys, and then we get approval from the uh, um, Board of Public Works to know that this is a go ahead. Then the next step would be is to, you know, solicit some ideas from the users because they're the ones who are going to, um, you know. They have their own ideas. Are you going to put a little subcommittee together consisting of these kids? or I'm still kind of okay. kind of working that out. I'm not That's sure a pretty good a idea. Have them take ownership. Or, or if it would be um, like a, say, a two-week period, this is an e email, send me your ideas and be able to solicit it from there. So at least that way I know it's captured in writing and I've got something to refer oh, back to as opposed to trying to yeah. you know, remember everything. And, <laughs> yeah. um, we're still kind of working out those those details, but there definitely has to be input from them because they're the users and they know what they're capable of or what they want to learn to be capable of. And they don't want to listen to me on, on that. That's the one sport I'll go ahead. So, and so, see. so what the, they're eagerly thinking right now back home because they're watching on the edge of their seats. Um, time frame. Time frame. Um, 
if we do source well contract, we write a contract that saves us, you know, saves us a 30 day bid time and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's, that's helpful there. Again, I don't foresee um, uh, putting down concrete in January or February. Mm -hmm. I would defer to, mm -hmm. <laughs> to your expertise mm -hmm. for that. You know, if it works out right for me, I would, I would hope by, by May. Um, that would be my ideal time frame. They'll and, be skating no, by next summer. And no later so by skating the skating by next summer. summer. That is my, my hope. Okay. Not my promise. And we're not going to hold it to you. <laughs> and you're going to get Tony Hawk there for the ribbon cutting. Is that the promise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it may not be the Tony Hawk who... It's just some guy named Tony Hawk. It'll be some guy named Tony Hawk. <laughs> Bruce Grove is pretty good at this. Yeah, yeah. So this is a contingent upon Public Works. Meaning that we're going to go to Public Works trying to get additional funding, but uh, you don't have to wait for that. No, no, I can, I can begin to go ahead and start getting some ideas. And, you know, if we don't, you know, if we're not successful in getting the additional impact fee monies, you know, $500,000 is still a nice, you know, right. chunk of change to work with. Um, and I think what we can come up with that is better than what we have today. So. And I think the location is outstanding. I won't say where it is, but I think that that's an outstanding location. Oh, you Hopefully can't we can work do that. that? Sure we can. Oh, I think it's the bed. <laughs> I think it is. I think it would work. Right. Is it going to be lights? Um, we had talked about that. Um, Maybe later. We had actually looked into um, uh, some solar lights mm -hmm. um, that you know would be great because of, of uh, cost reduction, but also it has the ability to um, reduce down yeah. in um, in lumens, I guess, is, so to speak, when it's not being used. Um, and then you can also shut them off so they don't come on after you know a certain amount of power. Yeah. Yeah. So again we're trying to look at all the the areas of that were of concern years and years ago and correct those before we get opened. So have you allowed for the EMS station and the insurance sales? Easy access. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very. <laughs> very yeah before I drop in I want an ambulance right there just in case. No but I mean you know it's just like any activity you know there's an assumed risk. Mm -hmm. You know, and people know going into into those activities what they're capable of. You know, you can you can break your wrist as easily playing uh, football or baseball just as easy as you can skateboarding. Well, I guess there'll be a requirement on our part that they have the proper skate gear. Skateboard's easier. Uh, Probably a, a many many risk. jurisdictions have done it a variety of ways. I mean, mm -hmm. you know. I've, I've heard of some that require a certain amount of equipment, but if you do that, there's a requirement like then that. You're there to police then you it. need somebody to be there. Police it. And police it and enforce it. It's and, assumption of your own risk. You know. Okay. But look, this is, a, this is a great example of, you know, the youth in the county had an idea of something they wanted. You know, they came, they put a, a proposal together, they presented the parks racks. I mean, that. And then they reached out to every one of us 10 times. Yeah, no, but they were persistent. They, 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 this is showing how to be involved in democracy and how your government works. So this, yeah. is, this is excellent. I, I hope that you know, yeah. any citizens of any age, not just the kids, realize that this, we're here and we're accessible. When you have ideas, it's, it can happen. It's it, young Dylan, he cornered ball. me. That's right. he, he cornered <laughs> me at Dunkin' Donuts. So. And I was just stopping in for a minute. Yeah, well, good job, Dylan, and all your friends. It's a good and idea, and I mean, it's, you know, it's super popular now. And, you know, the Olympics, you know, they give a boost to every sport that they, they put out there. I mean, you, you know, when women's soccer won it, I mean, numbers went up, you know. You see it in skateboarding now that it's, a, you know, an official sport, you know, there's an increase in that. So, 
you know, our job is to meet the need of what, what people want to do, and this is a great opportunity. We've got a, a piece of property in mind that we're, we're looking at. And I think, I think the Parks and Rec Department certainly does that, without a doubt. I think we've got, I, I might be a little biased, this. but I think we have one of the best Parks and Rec Departments in the state of Maryland. Thank you. All right. We need a, a motion here. Yes, sir. I move to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to submit the project applications for the DNR-LPPI-FY23 grant to encompass the projects as outlined in their memo dated September 13th, 2022. Second. Got a motion and a second. I'm assuming no further discussion on this. Mm. Let's uh, call a vote before he has to throw a truck or something in there. All in favor, <laughs> say aye. 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 Any opposed? <laughs> that truck's coming later. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know I had to get I one in there. <laughs> I'd be disappointed if I didn't hear it. <laughs> he said he's going to need a mower for the skate park. <laughs> All right. Thank you, commissioners. All right. Next item, um, item number five on pages uh, 10 through 24. This is a grant-funded engineering project for project services to sole source with, um, uh, what is the name of that? Sustainable, Sustainable Science. Science LLC to provide engineering services for a thin layer placement of dredge material at the Chesapeake Bay Environmental Center, CBEC. Since I don't understand it, I want to read it. Far right. away. I move to authorize Sustainable Sciences LLC to provide engineering services for the CBEC C C thin, thin layer placement dredging pilot project up to $35,000. This is contingent upon award of DNR Waterway Improvement Fund grant for the project. Second. All right. Motion to second. Any discussion? Yeah, this is where. Not discussion. Explanation. What the hell this is this? Chesapeake Bay Environmental Center. No, no. What's the thin layer? I don't know. They're, they're going to dredge. They're, oh. they're not going to put it down in a thick layer. Oh, okay. They're going to put yeah, it down in a thin layer. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I really, honestly, where are the spoils coming from? The, the, uh, the Narrows, right? Price, yeah. Price, yeah. Creek. Price, Price Creek. Creek. Price Creek. Price Creek. Okay. Price Creek. So. Yeah. Very good. And James, we're always looking for places for spoils. I think they'll, they'll be paid for this, right? CVAC will get some sort of funding for. No, James, know. wrong. I'm confused. James has been working hard on the grant. James, come with up Price there. Creek and all that. So right. He's got the, the detailed information. I'm going to defer to, to him for specifics. Good evening. Thank you. Good evening. My esteemed neighbor. Uh, howdy, neighbor. Uh, this is an interesting project really marrying two different projects together. Um, Price Creek Channel needs to be dredged and it has a, a tax loan already in place that will pay for the costs associated with actual operations. And meanwhile, Seabeck uh, is seeking material and um, should have their permit or this month will get their permit to have what's called thin layer placement. It's a, actually a new and innovative use, beneficial use of dredge material. Um, and I'm sure you've been to see back and know how low that road is coming in there. That, I the, guess that was going to be my question. Where's so, the spoil actually going to go there? So the marsh right next to it is also even lower and with sea level rise and marsh subsidence, um, they're interested in this uh, approach and um, enlisted this engineering firm to um, do a lot of different projects there, one of which is the thin layer placement. So they are interested in being a receiving site, and we have this 
generating site over here. Is that here. to raise so the road? Is that what the spoils would be used for, to raise the road? Not or? the road, the marsh next to it. Okay. Yeah, it's just um, about one tidal cycle's worth of material eventually, and they'll put straw bales around the air placement area. Um, so to answer your question, um, the costs associated, we envision that the costs associated with the placement material um, would be borne by the Price Creek project, mm -hmm. just like they would have other costs if they went to a different placement mm -hmm. site. So um, all that said, this is a pilot project to see if we can make this viable. And we need a little more engineering work to do a permit modification, to uh, design the channel construction plans, to dredge, and then on the receiving side, where and to physically place that much material and the design for that. So then they could package that into a bid that we can put out for bid. Uh, bid package we can put out for bid. Those bid prices come back suitable, we could then award the project. The community could, would have to agree to that. And um, so we're trying to get to that moment of decision whether this is a, a way to go for this project. Mm -hmm. And um, we want to enlist the same engineering firm that got us this far, got CBAC this far to do this next step. Great. Hope that helps. Are we dredging Kent Island right now? Are we dredging the channels? Uh, we have received grant funding to dredge Kent Narrows, and I think there may be some Corps of Engineering funding in the works. Um, we dredged it a few years ago um, in late 98, I believe, uh, 2008. Mm -hmm. 2018. I knew it ended in eight. Sorry, doing a lot of projects here. Um, so it's not out the door yet, but we have an exist. The good news on that one is we have an existing permit and a decent amount of funding to get started on the sort of same thing: engineering and finding a placement site. And we have um, East Neck Island where we've used it before right. as lined up. So there's some preliminary work on that. Yeah, because. I was through there a year or two ago, and it silted in so bad, mm -hmm. you can't even stay in the channel. They have you dodging outside. Yeah, that was probably prior to the most recent dredge. I think yeah. they moved those channel markers back. So. Yeah. But it, it's, we've done, they've done some surveys recently, so we're trying to get out in front of it this time. Very well. Thank you. Any other discussion? All right. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Right, Thank you very much for your time and patience in the, uh, my explanation. It's <laughs> oh, perfect. It's perfect. Good. All right. Okay, commissioners. Item number six on pages 25 and 26. This is backed by popular demand. This is the Blue Heron Golf Course Front Nine Greens Renovation Project. You recall we put this out to bid several weeks ago. We only had one bidder. Uh, we solicited additional competitive bids. And uh, we still have one bidder, but we have um, additional bidders that um, for a variety of reasons uh, could not respond, did not bid, were short on staff, uh, didn't submit bids. So we're, 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 um, we're still back here with the, the same bid we had before, McDonald and Sons, uh, for the total project cost of $644,858.47 uh, for the project. So. Um, Eric's here, Director Chanley's here as well, if you have any questions. I'll read the motion and then. Uh, I move to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation, the Blue Heron Golf Course, to contract the um, contract uh, 
the green renovation project to McDonald and Sons Golf Course Builders Incorporated. The terms of the contract are for construction to start spring of 2023 and reopening of the greens by July of 2023 for the amount of $306,689.74 and authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to directly procure materials for the project in the amount of $338,169.13. Second. Motion in the second. Any discussion? So by pushing out for a second go-round, did we get penalized for that? As in, did the number come in higher? Is it same or is no, it same? Bit. Same. same bit. So they just held the number. Yeah. Okay, so we did our yeah, due diligence. That. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good. That's good. Same yeah. bit. Yep. And what do you think the time frame on this? You saying spring of 2023? He's looking at beginning construction in March, and we're looking at hopefully reopening the golf course outside of the golf course in July. Really? So just the. the Weather dependent, of course. Right. <laughs> but yeah. The uh, condensed version of exactly what you're going to be doing. Okay. So um, basically, all the greens, well, eight of the greens on that side will be torn out. And all when you say old, which side? The, the front old nine, nine or the, old the nine, new nine? The 1959 old okay. community nine. Um, so the, essentially, the greens will be located in the same spot. They'll take all the old material, which was push up road material, clay, um, remove that, and then they'll hollow out put in the new greens, they'll be twice the size. They'll be USJ spec, which means they will drain better. Grass will stay longer. We won't get <laughs> pythium, root rot, and all that fun stuff that we have to fight, yep. you know. Um, and I foresee a lot more play, you know, because of that project. So when you say um, hopefully open by, by July, I mean, is that, a, is that, I don't want to use the word realistic, I'm just, will it be imperfections that you'll still be working out with the greens, I mean, or is that once they open it up, you're good to go? And no, it'll be, I mean, just like I said, it's weather dependent on how fast the growing season is. Oh, no, no, I, I guess but, what I'm um, saying. But you're yeah, saying that's the norm? I mean, we'll be ready to putt on. Really? Yeah. Okay, good. That's so nice. we'll go temporary greens um, once construction is done mm -hmm. and we're waiting for growing. So we can essentially open that side with mowing down the fairways to. I mean, I know we've got a lot of loyal customers down there that are there every week week on and week out and I just want to make sure they understand that you know you know what the project entails and you know be patient with us and we want to you know deliver a quality product and not to you know certainly to be July like one hits and you know <laughs> I see weeds and I see bald spots and I mean Queenstown know. just did the riverside and they did that fairly Beautiful. quick too I mean yeah we did fast. our fairways switch to um, Bermuda yeah yeah we seeded our fairways two years ago because we wanted to keep the golf course open and playable um, were Queenstown sprigged and they had to close for a couple months, right. two months. Um, and this year, people rave. They're just like, I can't believe. I don't know what you did to your fairways, but they're unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, of course, so, looking good, and the, you know, the site's looking good. That's you know, just another testament to. Well, I, I can tell you that personally on the old nine, um, I think the uh, the greens are tortoise shells with the pin right on the top, and it's tough to get the ball to land and stay on the green. So, uh, promise, are, yeah. promise you'll flatten them out a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> right, right to the hole. <laughs> well, the, the design project. Could you make the holes this big? <laughs> Actually, the design project will be twice. Evergreen will be at least twice the size. Okay. But they'll also have runoff areas where the average or intermediate golfer can actually putt up. You know, from okay. the, from the fringe or from the area. You know, the other. I mean, it's not that bad, but that. but you know, you hit a nice chip shot and, and the ball won't stay on no matter. They are, and, and it will allow us to get the greens a little faster. People are, you know, they say the greens are slow. I said, well, you can't keep the ball in the front nine green if you get it any faster. Exactly. Goals, you know. <laughs> so. so are those all irrigated? Yes. 
and so they'd pull the irrigation and then reinstall it. Right, that's all old irrigation for the most part. What isn't pieced together on that side was put in in 84, I, I know, but it was expensive as hell. I mean, we had- Yeah, like that's built into the project. Bond on it. Yeah. But if it's built into the project. It's built yeah. into the project. That's why in, in your thing, there's um, part of the irrigation budget will go into the irrigation portion of the project. Because we looked at replacing the entire irrigation on that side at some point, which is why we've had this irrigation project going, which we've been using to repair, um, was because we, in the future, we had planned on trying to renovate the screens. <coughs> you can see the point of the question, though. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. It's, it is expensive, but it will be much nicer. All right. Sweet. Any other questions? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. Five zero motion. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. Good to see you. Yep. All right, commissioners, item number seven on page 27 and 28. This is uh, an FY23 artificial field turf contract, and we are requesting uh, to contract with Field Turf USA to do a design, build, design, and construct two artificial turf fields, one at Churchill Park and one at Bats Neck Park, utilizing the Keystone Purchasing Network Agreement. Uh, the total job would be... Uh, $3,159,234 um, and work, the, the, the nice part about this work would begin this fall and target for completion in the spring of next year. We have uh, some funding in the parks capital budget. Um, we would have to uh, increase that budget uh, using a combination of impact fees and county fund balance to, to finish out the overall cost. We did budget this uh, construction of these fields in our fiscal 24 budget, or we planned for that, so we're just trying to get ahead of this so we can get the project done um, sooner. So uh, if that's agreeable, we would then follow this up with a budget amendment at the next meeting. Okay. I moved to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to enter into a contract with Field Turf USA Incorporated to install two artificial turf fields in the amount of $3,159,237.13 utilizing the Keystone Purchasing Network Agreement. Funding of $263,725 to come from Park's Artificial Turf Capital Project and the remaining amount to be funded using park impact fees and county fund balance. Thank you. Got a motion to second. Any discussion on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I want to talk about this a little bit. I mean, I don't think anybody in the public actually knew that uh, we had been looking at, uh, you know, basically doubling our inventory of uh, synthetic fields to add two more. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, these commissioners have been committed to parks and to, to our, you know, our, our citizens. And, and this is uh, something that I think that we've needed. And I'm, I'm happy that we're putting it, one in Churchill, Queen Anne County Lions, and one at Bat's Neck for the Queen Anne County Piranhas. And being able to, you know, for our youth to be able to use these, and not only that, but just the way this is structured, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to need to. I don't want to drag a whole bunch of details in, but I don't think we're going to need that soil cement. So we're going to save about three hundred thousand dollars there. But also, we're getting this field built when fall sports are completed. They're going to come in and build this, and it's going to be completed and ready for use before spring sports. And we're going to hold their feet to the fire because we're not going to have the same episode we had with the track, losing some games at Kent Island. But with that being said, 
you know, they're, they're building this for us in, in this agreement, and we're not paying for this until July 1 of next year. Jim, is so, this the same company that put the turf yes, it is. the high schools? Yes, it is. They did a great job. Yeah, and I, and I actually, you know, when we looked at the numbers, you know, why, you know, why is this field almost, some, these two fields almost a million dollars more than the first two we built? Well, those were built three years ago, and that just plain and simple, I can give you the breakdown on the, inf uh, the inflation. You know, plastic pipe is now, from when we purchased it for the first two fields till now, just the pipe has gone up 68%. Stone has gone up about somewhere in the neighborhood about 48%. Concrete's gone up 38%. I mean, all these are increases in this out-of-control uh, environment we're in now, so better to lock it in right now and get this in place and not have to pay for July 1 of, of uh, you know, next year of 23, I think that's you know due diligence on our part and getting the, the the citizens what they need and saving us some money and uh, moving forward with the county. I think it's a great idea and I'm, I'm tickled pink about this, just as same as the skateboard park. I mean we've we've you know for years we've struggled with getting things done at parks and I think for the last you know three or four years we've been on a roll and I want to thank you for that and, and thank my fellow commissioners for always supporting it because it's it's. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's noticeable for our county, so. Did, did we say there was impact fee money that was going to go? Yes, okay. out, out of the, yes. Right. So, I mean, for folks out there that aren't clear on exactly what impact fees are, but when you have a project or development project that comes in, you know, there's fees that have to be paid uh, based on the impact that that project is going to have in our community. So here's a classic example of making good use of those monies. And the return using this in tournaments, and like I said, it's not. Oh yeah. You know, the, the, being able to use a field for ten hours or twelve hours a day, and, and, and unlike grass. So you know, it would be interesting, and maybe next time you come and visit, we'll get you on the agenda. You know, you could tell us how the turf fields have done over the last couple of years as far as revenue generation. Um, Just remember, it was COVID, so. Well, I understand uh, that. Well, we'll take you know that obviously the numbers will be skewed a little bit, but I mean we can take a look at the revenue generation from you know, the one at Ken Island High School, I, I know it just seems like on a Sunday, there's somebody on it all day long, you know? Yeah, right now it's almost two to one um, usage from Ken Island to, to Queen Anne's. Right. And again, I think a lot of that is, you know, geographic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy for people to come across the bridge. We do get a lot of people that come across the bridge yep. to utilize it, but, you know. They but to see, but to see some hard numbers would be, yeah. would be nice. Yeah. Do they take much maintenance? I don't know. Um, they do take a lot of maintenance. What, it's just a different type of maintenance. Way? I don't know. Um, it's, it's grooming. Yeah. Um, there's also a test. Uh, <clears throat> oh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the test. Like an impact test, the, right? Yeah, yeah that, that we have to do every year. And, and we have it um, scheduled for uh, <coughs> August 15th, right before you know football season starts and all the fall high school sports start. So again, it's up to snuff. It's ready to go. It's safe and playable, and you know, again, we uh, continue to groom it. Um, you know, you make sure there's no low spots. You know, add a little material. So, I mean, it's it's a different type of maintenance right. than you know grass. But it's unfortunately there's the misnomer that they're maintenance free, and they're not maintenance free. Nothing is maintenance free. Right. Um, so, if there's a low spot, do you cut a hole in it and fill it? No, 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 no. What do you do? <laughs> no it? blades around. Well, there should be. I mean, low spots, that'd be hard to get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 12 inches of stone base right. down below. So, I mean, that would be difficult to yeah. get. That. So, what happens is you have the fibers, and then you've got a sand and uh, chrome rubber mixed through there. And through usage, wear patterns, like say, like a, a goalie, for example, where they stand, you know, it'll wear down. So, now it's 
it's less. So what you have to do is you've got to brush it Fluff back it. in to yeah. fill it, fill it in to make sure it's an equal plane uh, surface across the board. And we took a longer turf uh, because of the multiple uses that uh, multiple sports that use the field. So we went with a longer actual blade, synthetic blade. So it'll, you know, it, again, it'll be a uh, line for football, soccer, unified lacrosse, and field hockey as well. And that's unified lacrosse is the best way to run to. I agree. I think that's because a great there's idea. one less set of colored lines on the field, right. and that's really what everybody is going to. Right. From what we understand, that's the standard of the field. So, on another note, I think I ran across the remnants of your Mars rover, your new painting machine, and I think it has a little bit of a leak because it looks like down the Cross Island Trail, I couldn't figure out what that white line was. And it looks like drippings coming off of the machine as you moved it from point A to point B to run it. I'm not sure. It should have been on the trail. Huh? Well, you might want to talk to some people because right through where the uh, Queen Anne's County goes purple section uh -huh. at Love Point, you can distinctly see where the, the tracks came on, went all the way down. I'll yeah. look into that. Check it, check it out. Check it out. Somebody we'll get some more in. purple paint and take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> Any other discussion on that? All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. Uh, thank zero. you again for your All right. support. Yep. Thank you. you, Director Chanley. Good night for you tonight. That's yeah. good. Yeah. It's like a commissioner, parks commission meeting. Yeah. <laughs> All right, commissioners, our last action item is the desk item. We have a capital request for uh, FY23 vehicles for our Department of Aging. This is for three vehicles for a total of 105000 of which $60,501 is uh, grant funded through ARPA and it is for a Dodge Journey, a sh uh, excuse me, is for uh, a Jeep Grand Cherokee, I'm sorry. Now those are the replacement vehicles. Chevy Equinox. Chevy Equinox. Yeah. yeah, three of them. Yeah. So that's... Uh, I moved to purchase three 2022 Chevy Equinoxes from IG Burton Berlin Chevrolet for the approved purchase price of $84,275 for a savings of $20,725 per the originally budgeted amount. Second. Motion is second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right, five zero, motion carries. Okay. That is all of our action items uh, and new business for this evening. Unless y'all had anything. Some you public comment. Press the public comment. Uh-oh. Just an email? Uh, there's uh, four emails. There's right. two attached and one. Then you don't need to read the statement just for that. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So the first one is from Violet Baudin. I'm probably saying that incorrectly, but um, they said, Hello, my name is Violet, and I started the petition to have the skate park built in Queen Anne's County, hopefully in Ken Island. I also spoke at the Parks and Recreation meeting in July, and I'm an eighth grader at Stevensville Middle School. I'm unable to make the meeting tonight, but I have some things to say. As a skateboarder, I know how important it is to have a spot to enjoy skateboarding. It's important to have somewhere you can safely skate away from business and traffic. Uh, we don't have a lot of things to do around here, so building a skate park could be a great way to pe for people to be introduced into a new sport and for current skateboarders to improve. I'm aware that 20 years ago we had a skate park and it was destroyed. However, the skate park was clearly flawed. It was brought to our attention that the people using the park unbolted and moved the obstacles. This means that the, park, the skate park was likely built incorrectly. 
Uh, now we have a better knowledge on how to build a successful skate park. If you have any further questions, you can reach out to me at violetbaldine at gmail.com. Thank you for recognizing the skateboarding community and giving us a chance. So that was the first one. Uh, the second one is by Heather Bacher. I'm probably Bacher. Okay, sorry about that. Um, Dear Commissioners, my name is Heather Bacher, and I'm a resident of Stevensville, Maryland. I'm writing to support the skate park uh, initiative. I helped organize the presentation to the Park and Rec this summer. We have supplied all the detail possible to build a skate park. My son and many teenagers in Queen Anne's County are skateboard enthusiasts. Unfortunately, the county has no safe design or designated space for skateboarding. I would like to share a statement made by Tony Hawk. Uh, now that skateboarding is uh, begin recognized on a global athletic stage and its social and physical benefits have been established through research, cities should fully embrace the value of skateboards or skate parks and skate spaces. No longer should skate parks take 10 years of uh, local grassroots make their make sure their needs are met and quality skate park design is achieved. These parks are testaments to communities' uh, commitment to health and well-being of its citizens. It's up to the cities and skate skaters to work together to ensure that everyone has a safe, safe and functional place to ride. We have citizens ready to partner with you to make this project a reality. The kids that planned and spoke at Parks and Recs uh, should be commended and be a partner in the process. Thank you for your consideration and looking forward to seeing these kids' dreams come true. All right, and then the next one is by Ryan Smith. Uh, my name is Ryan Smith. I, leave, I live in Stevensville, Maryland. I am very much in favor of a skate park being built in Queen Anne's County. Now, if I want to skate in a park, I have to travel at least 30 to 45 minutes. Skating has been a great way for me to spend time with friends and stay active. Currently, we, find, we try to find a local place to skate, but businesses do not like us on their property. Having a skate park would give us a safe place to skate so we no longer get in danger. Uh, right now, when I travel to other communities to use their skate parks, we end up spending money at local skate shops, restaurants, etc. If we have a skate park in Queen Anne's County, we could keep that money here and draw people to our local shops and restaurants. We desperately need this. You can see I am not alone when the local petition that was started online has over 1,600 signatures. Uh, I know that my friends and I would be happy to partner and help in any way we can. Let's build a skate park in Queen Anne's County. Thank you for your consideration. And then the Last email is from Christian Weed, and it says, uh, My name is Christian Weed, and I'm a mom from Stevensville. I'm emailing in support of a skate park here in Queen Anne's County. My son Evan and his friends love to skateboard. Evan was always in love with skateboarding, but just a few years ago, he was really just getting started. During the peak of the pandemic, there, was, there wasn't much for kids to do that kept them active and outside. Our son ended up going outside each day and practicing. He practiced in our garage on our street, uh, and in the parking lots of our county parks and businesses. By the end of 2020, he had really improved. Unfortunately, most places he practiced was either really dangerous and unsafe or areas where skateboarding isn't allowed. Our family and other parents have spent a good deal of, of time driving our kids to other counties to find skate parks because our county does not offer any specific place for our kids to skateboard. For kids that aren't involved in organized sports, Queen Anne's County offers nothing for them to do at all. Uh, not all children excel at organized sports, and not all families can afford to sign their kids up for soccer, football, or baseball. Skateboarding keeps kids active and outside and helps them with their self-confidence because it's truly a self-taught sport. They can skate with or without friends and learn at their own pace. With an actual skate park, our kids have a safe place to play and learn. 
they won't be skating in the streets where cars are speeding by or using a business's parking lot or sidewalk where it is really not appropriate for them to skate. We've heard for years that Queen Anne's County needs to offer more options for our kids and a skate park would be a perfect solution to that problem. And to be honest, this is a sport for anyone at any age. Many adults skateboard too. With, many, with more and more families moving to Ken Island and the Eastern Shore, our community really needs to think about what we are offering them to entice them to actually want to be here. So I'm asking you to please approve room in the budget for a skate park. And that is it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm going to close press and public comment. Roundtable. Who wants to start? I'll go first. All right. Um, obviously, this is, um, I don't know if you guys can zoom in on it, but um, the, um, the community and the school town hall safety discussion is taking place on September 28th at 6 p.m. at the Kramer Center. Come and learn about what your school superintendent and sheriff are doing to keep our kids safe. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, that's all I have. Good. Good. Got anything? Uh, real quick, I'm sorry. Um, great job, Margie, on the Queen Anne's County Goes Purple decorations here in the commissioner's room. Thank you. Well done. With that being said, because <laughs> I'm the one that forgot my purple tie. My apologies, but we are in the midst of Queen Anne's County Goes Purple. Uh, opening ceremonies were Saturday. I want to thank uh, Linda Friday and Tracy Wilson and Jack. I mean, you guys did a lot of work getting things set up out there, and I thought it was, we had a great attendance. Uh, you know, a big thank you to everybody involved with that. Uh, with that being said, yesterday I had a little bizarre experience at Sandy Point State Park. Uh, I got an invitation to go to the Clean Water, Clean Water uh, anniversary, 50th anniversary of the Clean Water Act. And I, I don't know if you guys got this, but I got a notice that said elected officials to come and speak at 1230 to 1 o'clock to ask questions without any media. And I showed up at 1220. They were setting up a podium. I said, where is everybody? They said, it doesn't start till 1. So I was like, well, we talk all the questions you want. Yeah. So, <laughs> so with that being said, you know, it, you know, I said this now, now it's piqued my interest. So everybody started showing up and Senator Cardin was there, Senator Van Hollen, Congressman Sarbanes, the undersecretary, a couple other, and the people that actually did the calculations for the TMDLs were there. Wow. So Total maximum. Not that we'll bring politics into it, but I'm pretty sure I was the only Republican there. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and I, was, I was a little taken back when they all started speaking and what they were speaking and the dollar amounts that they were speaking, you know, the $50 billion. And Senator Cardin said he got $252 million just for the Chesapeake Bay. And I don't think we've seen any of that. And, you know, I asked one of the individuals there, I said, how many people here do you think live within 10 miles of the Chesapeake Bay? And they said none. And, you know, it was a little disheartening. I mean, I'm all for the Clean Water Act, and, and it's, it's common sense we, we need clean water, but uh, there, were, there were times when they pushed the pollution Anything onto that. the farmers. Yeah. There were times um, when they talked about the amount of growth on the Eastern Shore. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, it just it bothered me that that kind of mentality goes on when yet where are the leaks occurring in Baltimore? In, in Congressman Sarbanes' district, 
you know, whereas they don't have tap water that's clean, you know. So anyways, I just, it was a little disheartening to see that. And, you know, and I, and I approached them at the end and I said, look at, you know, Queen Anne's County run the, ran the Southern County Island sewer in the process of doing it right now. We're getting rid of 1,600 homes that are leaking nitrogen into the soil. And we're ahead of any other county's nitrogen goals in the state of Maryland. And the gentleman said, I know. And I thought, okay. I said, so tell me how Queen Anne's County can be the first jurisdiction in the Chesapeake Bay watershed to include Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Virginia, Maryland, and the District of Columbia that has reached our TMDL limit. He goes, you've reached your TMDL limit. I said, yeah, we are there. We're a county of 50,000 people. And in the last 10 years, we've had 2,000, give or take, in growth. He goes, I'm going to have to get back to you. Well, I got all their names, believe me. I was writing everybody's names down, and I'm going to give them time, and, and then we're going to release the hounds. But I just, it was just disheartening to see that here's a county that does so much for the environment with the amount of acres that we put into conservation. Our farmers are doing their part cover to clean crops. up. Yeah, cover, and to, just to clean it up and with fertilizer and everything else. And they admitted the bay is getting cleaner. You know, our, our tributaries are cleaner. But nobody wants to mention the Conowingo Dam. Well, no, nobody. Or the raw right. sewage coming out of Baltimore. Just, just what they've done to the watermen over the years. The watermen know best to right. put the oysters yeah. out there, yeah. harvest them. They come back fresh. They clean better when right. they're new, and they won't listen to the watermen. No, and and that's what I mean. So everybody was at the meeting. None of them live it. None of them know really what it is, and they just go on. But to, to see the amount of money that they talked about, and the amount of money that went to programs for conservation grants, which we're all for conservation, but you know, when I talked about Chesapeake Bay Environmental Center and how they need help to, you know, they see thousands of kids every year and they need help with their budget, you know, to, to, to stay and operate, they even admitted you need to do everything humanly possible to not let that organization, you know, stop in existence. And I said, you need to help. I mean, you take all this money, you give it to the Chesapeake Bay Foundation and some of these other ones, where if you go right to the source, right to the, you know, the counties, I'm sure that we would find a totally different way to spend that money and be productive with that money and responsible with that money. And so that's where it was left. I'm, I'm eager to hear uh, what, the, what these two gentlemen come back to me on the TMDLs. And I said, do you have a plan? And he goes, no, but we, we're gonna start. And I said, okay, I'm just, I mean, it's, it, it's mind boggling to me, you know, and I even asked, how did we get the, the numbers that we did get? And, you know, he says, I got to look into it. So in fairness, I'm going to allow him to do his homework. And, and I'm just curious, so where do we go from here? So it's a dog and pony. You know? so, did they, so did they give you, did, did you ask them the million dollar question? What is our whip goal since? Oh, they, well, they, they talked about the, the, it coming up here in five years and they, they seem to say ago. that we're on track and I'm like, well, well, what is it? Nobody well, knows that. Well, that's there, there it is. <laughs> you know, you know? Uh, they started talking about Indians and in a multicultural uh, petting zoo at Sandy Point. I, I don't know what that all had to do with the bay, but anyways, so that <laughs> that was my two hours. That was the, Sandy that's Point. probably the the, the the preliminary launch for that 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 state park that they're going to put oh, over they, there. Well, they, federal they, park. The well, they got park. West Virginia, park. West Virginia has one. It's in the watershed. And uh, they did talk about that. And they did talk about the, the, you know, the, the parks. Federalizing them. Yes. Shoreline. Yeah. They did briefly talk about that. Then they took their shoes off and their socks and they walked into two inches of water and then they ran. So that was the end of that. So anyways, that was my fun for the day.
We, we should get some of them over here and out on the boat with Waterman and actually see right. what the I, real I work is. Yeah, we can't get our delegates we'll get them uh, that there. make the decisions there in, in the counties that are, are landlocked and not even Chesapeake Bay watershed counties. That's the sad thing. You know, you, you they go to Annapolis for 90 days during session, and it's the, it's the delegations from these landlocked counties that, that aren't even Chesapeake Bay watershed counties that are making all the decisions and determining where all the, the funding goes. And it just doesn't make any sense. Doesn't need to. They have control, they have the votes, and, and that's, there, there isn't a fight anymore. They don't need to fight. They just need to- Rubber stamp. That's right, they just go. And this is where I, you know, we've been insulated here on the shore and we need to continue to be insulated so that kind of craziness doesn't come here. I mean, there's two people could say the other, but the other way with us, you know, that the, this county's run by one party and one party only, but tell me where we're, we're, we're failing the citizens of Queen Anne's County. That's what I want to know. Yeah. So, right. you know, I don't want sorry taking so much time. Boss. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah. Commissioner Wilson, do you have anything? I'm beyond words. I, uh, I can't, I can't follow that. <laughs> I'll entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. He's still trying to figure out how he's going to get my mom over. All right. <laughs> <laughs>